Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK live telephone talk show Fooey. on the... Fooey, I say. You made me wear this badge. <laughs> I put a be kind sticker on Joe. It's most, his... most distressing. I pulled in the parking lot and right in front of my space, guess what's there? A be kind the be sign. kind sign. I put that there for you. Did you? Yes, well, I it did. was. I found it quite irritating. Well. And instead of saying hello to someone I never said hello for today, I just looked at him and <laughs> scowled. <laughs> Why? What are you doing here? Get off my lawn. <laughs> this is not your lawn. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Joe, uh, I, I do have photographic proof that Joe's wearing a Be Kind sticker. I'll put that on my Facebook page shortly so we can get that going so people can know. And I'll report you the for spam. I'll that, report you for spam. The fraud that Joe, <laughs> Joe's perpetrating here. So, yes, Joe's a curmudgeon, but I'll tell you what, he's our favorite conservative, history buff curmudgeon, Hall of Fame broadcaster, former COO of the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation, worked here for almost 60 years and retired to come back and do the On the Mark show. We appreciate him uh, I did not us. work here for 60 years. 30? 30, okay. yes. 30, uh, 30 I worked 60. here. <laughs> I rounded up. I used Bernie you doubled math. doubled it. I used Bernie math. Yeah, that's the way he's going to pay for everything. <laughs> so, and that came up. Uh, Take $2 and call it 10000 and you're in business. Well... Is that bad? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about New New Hampshire, I suppose, and uh, we can talk about President Trump, anything that he's up to Well, remember lately. what we said we were going to talk about yesterday? Oh, stop and frisk. Yeah, yes. that awful policy where if you see a minority, you get to stop them and frisk them no matter what. That's a good policy, Joe. All right. So On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800. Seven nine five nine five six five. That's one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Throughout our show, you are welcome to email us at on the market We have received no emails during the overnight hours or late in the show yesterday that we didn't get to, so no emails are pending. Uh, you can text us at seven zero two three six. We would just love to hear from you today. Uh, so, a uh, little reaction, New Hampshire primary, anything uh, noteworthy out of that that oh, you I thought? I think Amy Klobuchar's uh, strong third-place finish was certainly noteworthy. I could As see is Elizabeth you. Warren and Joe Biden fading off into the distance. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe said it's only two primaries, so um, there's a lot more to do. That's what you always say when you lose two. The first two. Now, I was sorry to see Andrew Yang go out. I, mean, I thought he was really the only candidate up there who was really enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. Well, he's po- kind of an intellectual, too, so. You know, you want smart people to get involved in running government, and he had a lot of really super ideas. I thought just didn't catch on. Didn't catch on. No, too bad. Well, I think he was surrounded by people who are far more. All right, I'm just going to say it. Far more better at. (laughs) 
far <laughs> more better. Yeah, far more better at publicizing <laughs> themselves. What English school did you go to? Playing <laughs> politics. Uh, the Andrew this Yang. explains why a lot of the news stories here don't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a news story this morning. So you be careful on some of the mountaintops around here. That was from Hebe. So. Hebe. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, well, is that down there near Red Cross? It is. All right. In Dalmatia and... Uh, Herndon. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, what else is down there? Elizabethville? I'm drawing a blank. There's another little intersection that we know about. Okay, but well. Then any, okay, so anyway. Um, yeah, so back to Bernie. So Bernie walks away with the most delegates. Out no, of he and Buttigieg tied. Oh, they each on, have on nine. The I, nine, I think, okay. that they each got. <laughs> Joe didn't get any. Elizabeth Warren didn't get any. I mean, she's such a good Native American. It's a shame she's not getting the support from the tribes. Oh, brother. Come on, Joe. <laughs> Go ahead and call her the name. Let's No, get it I wouldn't with. do that. You don't like it, so I won't. Oh, the the word Pocahontas will never come out of my lips. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't really matter whether I like it or not. The fact that you enjoy saying it is what makes it disparaging. Well, it's not disparaging so much as it is just the fact that, you know, everybody's always saying, oh, Trump lies about this, he lies about that. And yet they give a pass to somebody who apparently is just as much of a serial liar as he is. I wonder if she'll catch on elsewhere, though. Remember uh, Cliff Readers, who follows politics as closely as we do, maybe more so, uh, thought that her campaign would come alive at some point. So, but, you know, there's a lot to do. Only, as, as Joe Biden said yesterday during his very upbeat lament, uh, that there's only two states counted. You've, we got a long way to go. With respect to Elizabeth Warren, you've heard the term dead man walking? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's what they, he and uh, he and uh, Elizabeth Warren. I, I don't think, you know, in all honesty, I mean, we kid about her, but I, I just don't think her message resonates. I mean, you already have Bernie in the race, and his bona fides, if you will, as a Ultra-liberal. socialist conservative are far better than hers. Mm-hmm. You know, and she seems more to be a I think main that, chance. Automatically, it should be more better. Well, I mean, I don't like Bernie Sanders. I don't like what he stands for. I think he's a nasty old man, and he certainly <laughs> isn't going to help the country. So you see yourself <laughs> in the mirror when I you do, see him. Except, uh, well, come to think of it, we do physically resemble one another in terms of being bald and having white hair, what's left of what the hair we have. Although he doesn't trim his uh, eyebrows and you do. (laughs) How do you know I trim my eyebrows? Because they're not white and bushy and and all the way to your ear the way his are. (laughs) Okay. Look, let's move back to politics. All right. Well, I thought that's where we were. But, I mean, mean, he, he, if you're going to vote for a socialist conservative Democrat or Democrat socialist, Bernie Sanders is your guy. His whole life has been dedicated to that. Elizabeth Warren, to me, seems more like a main chance politician. She sticks her finger in the air, find out which way the wind is blowing, and then that's the way she goes. Whereas Bernie, love him or hate him, he's consistent. You know, so if I were of that political persuasion, Bernie would be my guy long before Elizabeth would be. The sad fact is that the two moderates, Buttigieg and uh, Klobuchar, are probably going to be fighting it out with each other. If one of them was out of the race, I would suspect that Bernie would not have been the front runner. It would either have been Buttigieg or Klobuchar. Well, we'll see as we and get... I, I don't think Biden's going to last. You don't think he's going to light up? Well, I, uh, well he, he's going to light up like a firecracker, go off, and then that's it. My lovely bride's analysis is that the, the Hunter-Biden issue actually hurt him, and uh, that the creepiness thing is still on the mind of some voters. Even though it's not really being brought up and talked about, it's kind of like uh, you know, like a little stomach, Uncle Joe. stomach ache in the background, so yeah. it's, it's kind of there. All right, well, we 
we are uh, doing our re our analysis of uh, the New Hampshire primary. We certainly will not dwell too far on this. Uh, we have a lot of conversation these days about what uh, the minority groups in New Hampshire and Nevada vote like. I just always love it when they say, well, the blacks in New Hampshire or in South Carolina are going to vote this way. I thought, holy smokes, what do they have like a little... I'm sure they love being told how they're going to vote. I know. What do they have like a little club where they have to register and then they tell you how to vote or something? It's well, bad. I mean... That's People bad. tend to vote in what they perceive as their best interest, and the fact that many many minority groups send, tend to perceive certain things, it's not unusual. Similarly, right. But there are many who break the mold and who go their own direction, too. So I don't think you can cast anybody into a, a forever mold, if you will. And I think that's been part of the problem with the Democrats. I think they've taken the black vote for granted for too long. That's personal opinion. Right. One eight hundred. And well, a lot President of them are Trump coming. can certainly uh, claim some well, of it. Well, President Trump is picking up support among blacks. You know, as he said four years ago, what do you have to lose? And he's tried his best for them. Yeah, he did. That That was an accurate phrase. All right. So we're doing our political analysis. Call us now with your view on this. 1-800-795-9565. Why is Joe Biden floundering? Uh, give us your view. 1-800-795-9565. What is this Buttigieg fire that's uh, being lit up around the nation? 1-800-795-9565. Uh, you can email us at onthemark at wdkok.com. Uh, Tom. You're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, speaking of socialists, everybody calls uh, Bernie Sanders, oh, he's such a terrible socialist. Well, Donald Trump is a worse to- socialist than he is. In what way? In what way? Mm-hmm. Look at all the tax cuts he gave to these rich pe- to these rich people. They just gave tax. They don't even pay tax. They don't pay nothing. And then they get subsidies. Mm, that's, so, that's socialism, and, and and the people that are voting <laughs> for him are socialists because a lot of that tax money, my tax money, and your tax money, everybody's tax money, was given to these corporations, and then it was given back in in uh, in their four hundred one ks and stuff. That's socialism. The difference is you want to give it to a different group of people. Isn't that right, Tom? That's right. There's, there's, <laughs> there's corporate socialism, and then there's democratic socialism. So your socialism's good, my socialism's bad. Is that it? Well, that, that is exactly right. Oh, thank you. Trump I'll write that down. the biggest socialist there is. And i tell you something else about him, and you're, if Bernie wins, you're going to be hearing about it. Donald Trump, throughout his life, according to what Bernie's saying got about $885 million of help from the government, and that's almost a billion dollars, to build his real estate empire. He got all kind of grants, all kind of free help from the government to build his real estate empire. But he's one of the biggest socialists there is. Well, if he if he got that much money, eight hundred fifty million dollars for various projects, what did he put into those projects? Well, I don't know, but it's socialism. I don't care how much he put into it. <laughs> it's corporate welfare. It's socialism. <laughs> All right, corporate welfare. We talk about that, uh, where the haves keep helping the haves, who help the haves, who keep the haves. Going. I mean, they, this this stuff about socialism is a joke. These people that call your show all the time, these six or seven people. They don't even understand socialism. What is well, socialism? Yeah, explain, they're explain. bigger socialists than, than, they, than Bernie Sanders. What is socialism, anyway? Socialism is 
using tax money to benefit citizens. That's socialism. Boy, that's a nice, cheerful definition of something that's far more complex than that. I'll bet Wikipedia. That's what it is. That's exactly what I'll it is. Wikipedia. It's using tax money to benefit citizens. That's, that's what socialism is. That might be your when you definition. Get, when you get your roads paved and the money comes from the government, that's socialism. When you get your no. water or sewer plant fixed up, that's socialism. Well, I hate to tell you, but... Um, Webster has a different view of it. He says, a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole or the government. Well, that's what's happening. Mine's a simpler definition. I got you. Okay. All right, Tom, thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate the call. Take care, Tom. Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Yeah, I want to basically talk about the election and healing the nation, but I want to bring up one topic. I don't know that you guys have discussed it much, but right now, you know, they passed the rules that you can get a basically an absentee ballot for any reason at all. Here in Pennsylvania, so, yes. It's mail-in ballots, mail-in not ballots. really an absentee. It's a mail-in. Yeah, that's correct. Mail-in ballot. In other words, vote from home. And I live here in Columbia County, and we have about 50,000 uh, residents of this county. And right, I'm looking out my window, and I'm looking over there at Bloomsburg University on the hill, and I, I see about 10,000 kids. So can you imagine if, you know, each one of those kids, I don't want to say is coerced into voting, but, you know, helped along the way of getting their ballot uh, and being able to vote right here in, in Columbia County. The impact that 10,000 kids that generally don't vote that strongly in elections could have on our, our county here. That, that, you know, it's mind-boggling, and that can happen at basically any university across the whole country. So. To me, I think there's going to be a lot of implications for this new law down the road, and I hope to live long enough to see them. Is it good or bad that more students would vote? Well, i tell you what. <laughs> I remember when I started out in college, I was pretty... That fellow there that just called said socialism is helping other people. Well, I was pretty much convinced that the, the right way to go would be communism, where everybody shared everything. That was my idea when I when I stepped in the college door. And I changed, uh, it was, let's see, the year after I graduated and got a job and started writing that uh, check to Uncle Sam, I kind of thought maybe a little bit different of communism. But anyway, I just wanted to make a, a real quick comment here about what I think needs to be done in this country. Okay, we talk about division, okay, the division between the left and the right, and, and healing, but I'm not hearing a lot of things in this uh, campaign about how to heal. And to me, I think what we need to do, and, uh, and, and, and I, I put this out to my friends on the left and the right, and, and it doesn't matter what side they're on, they both say, no way, no way, no way, and let me get to it. I believe that the, one of the root of the causes here is what happened before the election when Obama's people decided they were going to spy on Trump for whatever reason, and then after he was elected, they decided they were going to take him out with Russiagate. And to me, the people that are responsible need to be identified, and they needed to be held accountable. But the people on the right say they need to be held accountable by putting them in jail, and the people on the left say none of that ever happened. So the only way this is ever going to come out is somebody has to decide to tell the truth, okay? And let, because to me it has to be Comey. Comey is is the lapdog of this whole thing, and he's the one that would be most vulnerable 
that you could get to talk and squeeze him. And he's got to tell the story and then put the pressure on everybody else. And when they decide they're going to come clean, tell the truth to America, what they did, they can be given immunity because the last thing we can do is if we put these people in jail, that's just going to make things worse. The truth has to set this country free. And until this is settled, I think this division is going to last and just make things worse. And my real worry is this. What happens if we need to take some divisive or decisive action with this coronavirus or anything else, where the country has to be united? We're not united right now, and, and we'd have problems doing anything. So we've got to get to the root cause of this divisiveness, and this was a 2016 election. So what do we do about it? Like I said, the, the people responsible have to come clean, and we can't, we can't put them in jail. But they have to tell the truth, what they did, and be given immunity. But how do we get to that? That's the rub. How do we get to have them tell the truth? Someone has to come what? forward and say, I'll tell the truth and spill the beans if given immunity. But if you're on the left, if you're on the left, you believe that the people who testified against the president told the truth. If you're on the right, you believe they lied. So I don't see that that's ever going to work out well for us. I also and, and ask, what is it we don't know? What you know? What do, what do we want to find out? I, I, the Mueller report seemed fairly exhaustive. Just my cursor. Certainly was exhausting. Right. So well, what what is it we don't know? That that there was a conspiracy, probably right from the top of the Obama administration, right down through that that conspiracy was to spy on Trump. And, and, and whatever reason they wanted to do that, probably to just diminish them, because they thought they were going to win the election. But then they came up, they needed an insurance policy to take him out after he was elected. And, and, and nobody, you know, it, it was dirty politics, but basically we know that the, the FBI and people say, well, it was only detectives. No, it wasn't detectives that was lying to the FISA court. That was high, important people within the FBI. And, and none of this stuff... You don't, you don't doctor up uh, FISA warrants, you know, requests for warrants. You don't doctor them up, you know, on a whim. It, it's got to be an accepted idea within the department that we're going to do this. And to me, it, we just cannot have this division. And in my mind, the idea that Trump stole the election is what's motivating the left to hate. And then the people on the right are motivated because the left believes that the election was stolen. So it, it's, it's got to be understood that the election was fair and square and that people did try to cheat. And Trump beat Clinton fair and square. And we had uh, the FBI and probably other agencies involved in a scheme to damage Trump. But bear in, that cannot stand. Bear, it in my, bear in mind that when President Trump was candidate Trump running for the office, he cast doubt on the outcome of the election, the legitimacy of the outcome of the election, because he assumed he wasn't going to win. So, I mean, he started it himself by saying the system is flawed. So naturally, people are going to start investigating to see whether or not the system was flawed. And whether or well, not he when, spoke when, the truth. What do you think the basis of him saying the system was flawed was? 
Well, I think it was because he wanted to have some reason for losing if he did lose. Well, and he had incidental reports that, you know, there have been anomalies in registration or some hacking at uh, voter registration places or something and like in that. in Chicago, I mean, he, where the dead vote regularly is Democrats? Well, he, he so he had reasons to say that it was rigged and that he wanted the investigation underway already before the vote tallies were in. I just failed to see. I understand, Mike, I couldn't agree more that we got to, you know, somehow cinch ourselves back together. I failed to see how more investigation and prosecution is going to accomplish that, but... Uh, He's not calling for... Mike's not calling for prosecution. He's calling for admissions. Right. Right. But that's not going to happen. And exoneration. Let, right. them, let them go, but let them tell the truth. Okay. All right. To be continued. Thank you so much, Mike. Interesting You're point. Welcome, Mark. Hope it, I hope it works for you. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. That Better Angels group is still out there. We hear a little bit about from them. Remember they had the red, white, the red and blue event where f- folks got to really talk about but what He brings up them. an interesting an interesting concept. If you tell the truth, you won't be punished. Mm. Is that what we, should we do that? You know, yes, <laughs> I did rob that bank, and I took $200,000 from them. Oh, okay, you told the truth. So we aren't to, going to well, punish you. We have to you. give the money back. Well, but why? <laughs> I told the truth. I said I took it. Mm. Aren't you going to forgive me? Mm, someday, if you're <laughs> repentant. one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We are uh, diagnosing the New Hampshire primary and the outcome with Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders coming away with the same number of delegates. And uh, I think Bernie Sanders had more of the vote itself, more popular votes. So um, that's that. And then uh, Amy Klobuchar was right in the thick of it. She had a fabulous showing there. A lot of folks are really hopeful about her campaign. She calls it clomentum when she does better in a primary, so she used that yesterday. And Joe and Elizabeth Warden Warren are <laughs> toast looking from behind, so uh, their uh, campaign isn't catching fire. Uh, who who dropped out? Mr. Bennett Yang dropped out. And um, what was it? Robert Bennett or something? all the three of those bottom tier candidates are dropping out. Yang and I don't remember the other. Well, I never even heard Tulsi of the Gabbard out yet. No, she's still she's in. still in. That's what I thought. Okay, all right. To be continued, folks. We'll take your analysis. Why? Why? Why is Buttigieg catching on? Why is Bernie on fire? Why is Joe Biden, who was going to be the standard bearer for the election, uh, floundering? One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. All four lines are open. Please call us now. Sunbury Motors Ford is coming off with their best-selling year in its 105-year history. SMC is committed to Ford Motor Company to sell a thousand new Fords in 2020. Wow! Pick from 25 of the totally redesigned 2020 Ford Escapes, and they start as low as 21,960. <laughs> Take up to $7,500 off MSRP of the all-new 2020 Ford Explorer. And they're priced from just $33,965. Sunbury Motors' is Central PA's truck capital. Choose from over 120 Ford F-150s and Super Duties. Mmm, Super Duty. The F-Series truck has been the number one selling vehicle for 43 consecutive years, and SMC has them on sale for as low as $26,794. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, proudly serving the Susquehanna Valley's transportation needs for over a century. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, one primary done, one caucus done. Uh, Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders are 
the uh, leaders in this whole shebang at the moment. And Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren are falling behind. Amy Klobuchar is enjoying Clomentum, and she's doing uh, better. So good for her. I like her. I do, too. She's a pleasant person. Yeah, you could vote for her. She's moderate enough, has some good ideas, super-duper smart. I think it would depend on, you know, what happens, but she would at least have a chance of getting my vote, which is more than Bernie would ever have. Oh, you would never vote for him, no matter what, huh? Well, I don't believe socialism is the answer to this It's country. democratic socialism. I don't care it's whether it's Republican socialism or Nazi, national socialism. That's what the Nazis were, you know. <laughs> okay. National socialists. Well, I, well, we I have just, forms of socialism already. We do, and and they're well ingrained into our national fabric, and, and they bad. probably will stay there. No, I don't think Social Security is bad. I don't think Medicare is bad. Somebody always says whenever the, whenever it snows, the socialist plows will be out, meaning that we <laughs> give money to the government, and then the government gives back in the form of snow plowing. Well, let's face it. We, we've come beyond the point where the country was when it was founded, which was you took care of yourself no matter what. You got sick. It was your problem. It wasn't the government's right, problem. It wasn't your neighbor's you. problem. George right. H.W. Bush's thousand points of light comes into play. Well, I don't know whatever happened to them. Did they all go out? Most of those <laughs> lights are out. Okay, but it's, but seriously, I mean, that that's the way we used to be. Uh, nobody was terribly upset when kids were working in coal breakers for 15 cents a day. You know, that was just the way things were. So we've come beyond that. We've come to realize that there are some obligations society has to its people. But, you know, we don't have every obligation. You, it is not your job to ensure that my life is a, an endless stream of smooth sailing from the time I'm born till the time I die. But what if Somewhere had, along the way, there's going to be a rough spot, and I'm going to have to deal with it. What if we had some sort of a min- minimalist government that didn't provide any help to people at all whatsoever? You know, you would pay a, modem, a very, very modest number of taxes, and they would t- make sure the borders were secured and the military was funded, that somehow the Congress was working. Maybe Congress decided that people are better off with all of this, but I think we'd be better off paying fewer taxes and having fewer services. I think what I like to see government do is level the playing field. In other words, I have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I don't have the right to uh, free medical care. I don't have the right to have the government redress every issue or problem I have. so But if they level the playing field, if they make it possible for me to succeed by eliminating obstacles that affect not just me but other people, then I think government's doing its job. What if we reduce the size of government by X percent and did Andrew Yang's idea where we gave you a thousand bucks. It would say, here's your money, take good care of yourself. <laughs> that won't work because no. some of us will spend it wisely and some of us won't. And then someone will want to give more to the people who didn't spend it wisely. This is WDKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On The Mark, Joe McGranahan, the curmudgeon who is begrudgingly wearing a Be Kind sticker. I am going to put that on my Facebook page so folks will see that we have photographic proof that... uh, 
Joe agrees that if you sit still long enough, somebody around here is going to put a Be Kind sticker on you. But uh, <laughs> you sit around here long enough, somebody's going to come up and see if you're living or dead. <laughs> okay. But on the other hand, <laughs> he's not being any kinder to anyone. Bah, so, humbug. Right. He's a curmudgeon. He likes to yell, get off my lawn. Uh, on the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Actually, I think it's funny that your phrase is, get off my lawn. I have an eight-foot fence around my lawn, so nobody gets on it but past the fence. And if they do, they have to deal with your bees. Yes, we have weaponry and bees. Yeah, the bees will get them. On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Some very brief news headlines here. Uh, incidents. Oh, that's not right. Uh, how about this? Uh, it's the wrong side of the page. Off to a good start. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can call me Joe Biden. <laughs> Pennsylvania is launching the website where voters for the first time can request newly legalized mail-in ballots ahead of the state's April 28th primary election, officials said Tuesday. Mail-in ballots, part of an election reform law signed by Governor Tom Wolf, now allow voters to mail in their vote for any reason. The website went live on Tuesday. Online applicants must supply a driver's license number or an identification card number issued by PennDOT as well as their name, address, phone number, and email. Prospective voters can also use the site to apply for an absentee ballot, and they will be asked questions to determine whether they qualify for one. Those questions include whether they will be traveling on the election day or whether they are ill or have a physical disability that prevents them from voting in person. The deadline for county election offices to receive the mail-in applications is 5 p.m. April 21st. The deadline for county election officers to receive the mail-in or absentee ballots in the coming primary election is when the polls close, 8 p.m., April 28th. Voters can also download and print the application and mail it to their county election office or apply in person. Wolf pushed for the new mail-in ballots as a way to get more people to vote. However, some county election offices are warning that they do not have enough staff to count all of the mail-in ballots on election nights. Wolf's top election official, Secretary of State Kathy Brockvar, has said her agency is working with the county election officials in studying counting procedures used in the about 30 other states that allow votes by mail. Ballots may not be finalized until several weeks before the April 28th uh, primary election, which will be mailed out after that, officials say. The deadline for the candidates for office to file petitions and to get on the ballot is Tuesday, February 21st. Uh, the deadline or is, is Tuesday, uh, the uh, this coming Tuesday. The February 25th is the deadline to file a court challenge to a candidate's petitions, and March 5th is the deadline for a candidate to withdraw from the ballot. If you want to sign up for the mail-in ballot, it's votespa.com. We have that link at wkok.com. Incidents of white supremacist propaganda distributed across the nation jumped by more than 120 percent between 2018 and last year, according to the Anti-Defamation League, making 2019 the second straight year that the circulation of propaganda material has more than doubled. The Anti-Defamation League's Center on Extremism reported 2,700 cases of circulated propaganda by white supremacist groups, including flyers, posters, banners, compared to 1,200 cases in 20. 
2018, printed propaganda distributed by white supremacist organizations includes material that directly spreads messages of discrimination against Jews, LGBTQ people, and other minority communities, but also items with their prejudice obscured by a focus on pro-American imagery. And patriotism. You forgot that word. It's in the story you sent me. Okay. Well, yeah, that's farther down. Right. But, uh, yeah. And define define what it is that's been sent out. You know, your definition of propaganda and mine might be entirely different. Well, I think it's, you know, it's whatever uh, the Anti-Defamation League calls it. Yeah, we'll have to see what they call it. I just think it's information that sort of makes it uh, clear. You know, we had somebody was putting up whites you know, white power signs up or something right. around here recently or, or within the past year recently. Well, actually, they weren't white power signs. Where yeah, they, what they did were, it say? It was, like, be white or something like that? It's okay to be white. There you and go. And remember, that turned out to be it, no, a group of college students, no, a group no. of college students who were trying to get their professors knickers in a twist. Some of them may have been that, but others they didn't know. That's probably some of the propaganda they're talking about. <laughs> Orrin Siegel, director of the League Center on Extremism, pointed to the prominence of more subtly based rhetoric in some of the white supremacist material, emphasizing patriotism as a sign that the groups are attempting to make their hate more palatable to a 2020 audience. Well, it's obviously... So if I say, God bless America, I am a hater. No, all of this. Though, a white supremacist and a hater is helped by President Trump. He could he could help this, but he makes he it could. worse. All right, let's see. What do you want, Michael Bloomberg or President Fox ratings? Which would you rather hear? Well, let's hear about Fox ratings. All right, this let's w- irritate the liberals. Oh <laughs> well, if if they have a vested interest in TV ratings, uh, the week President Donald Trump was acquitted in his impeachment trial was Fox News Channel's best in the ratings since the weeks he was elected and inaugurated. Besides the acquittal, Trump had a State of the Union address well received by Fox fans, many of whom uh, watched the show on Fox News. It was Fox's fifth highest rated week in prime time in the nation's history, and the best since Trump was elected in November. November of 2016. Measuring the full day, it was Fox's best week since Trump was sworn into office in January 2017. Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and Laura Ingraham also Ingram. had their, Ingram, sorry, uh, had their best rating weeks ever. Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and Laura Ingram had their best ratings week ever. Ever Used to be people who said it was Bill O'Reilly who made the network. Now it's pretty obvious it's the network that made Bill O'Reilly. Right. Well, and uh, the network's helping President Trump, and President Trump is helping them. Although uh, Fox has done some objective things lately, and that has really irritated Donald Trump. So, of course, you have the funnel in your ear all the time to Fox. Why do you watch it? Actually, I keep telling you, I have spent much more time in the last six months watching CNN by far than Fox. Watch, seeing what the enemy's up to. I just like to see the lie they tell okay. and the distortions they put on the air. You got sick of the lies on Fox. Is that the assumption? Well, there, there were lies I agreed with. I'd like to hear <laughs> okay. lies I don't agree with. All right. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners sends us a text. Says, good morning. How corrupt is President Trump trying to get his rich friend Roger Stone off? Lies and more lies, Mr. President. Yeah, uh, the president tweeted his influence so the Justice Department would do the wrong thing. We all know that. Oh, brother, we don't all know that. The president has denied influencing it. He said he stayed far away from it. Okay. Oh, never mind then. I didn't realize he denied it. Okay, well, then he's off the hook for sure. For (laughs) sure. Yeah, he's also acquitted by by the Mueller report. (laughs) He was. Uh, Demos, we are talking about Dems and Republicans. What's your view? 
Hi, good morning. I want to make some comments for the Mr. Schumer, called the, pre- the president a liar and uh, things like that, that, that try to use the justice uh, to help the Republicans and ponies of the Democrats. This, for me, this is a crocodile Christ and a wolf Christ, you know. Uh, if you look at the New York, what's going on over there with homeless and the sanctuary city and uh, the illegal aliens and the crime race up over there, figure out the Schumer to take the presidency to take care of the America. It's going to make it worse than New York. What do you think? Hard to get worse than New York when it comes to some of these issues, except for California. So I remember years ago, about uh, 07, they asked, uh, June 8th, 07, they asked him uh, on the television about the USS Liberty. And uh, he, he said, I'm, 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 you know, was accident and uh, was accident I'm going to investigate and I'm going to have all the facts going to tell him. So far, I don't hear nothing about him to say about the truth what happened that time. The USS Liberty, what is that about? Yeah, the uh, Israeli bombarded uh, the ship and uh, killed 75 and uh, wounded another 172 uh, uh, Navy men and uh, was an international war. And the America flag uh, flight and, uh, and the ship and they say they take the, the liberty like uh, for the El Quisar, the Egyptian ship. Anything new they they find the truth? Uh, I don't think I, don't I know. know where you're going with that one. I'm not familiar with that. Okay, what should we do? What should America do? The, the American, uh, you know, what should they do? The, on the charge was the Mr. Cheeseger. And uh, the, they, they do nothing. They, they, work, they wait for the, for the truth. And the ship now is in, the, I think, in the Maryland, on the Fort uh, Maryland, and uh, over there, and the yeah. museum, and the America flag. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much for the call. Um, well, I tried to ask Mr. Schumer what's going on, if he found any evidence. Gotcha. Yeah, did, we he an- did he answer you? Did he answer you, Demos? <laughs> no. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, okay. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> Dan, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Before I start with Carter Page, I want to finish a statement I was going to make yesterday. I met this gentleman the other day, and he's, a, would say, middle-aged. He said he never voted in his whole life. He's a hard, described himself as a hard-working, tax-paying American. He's going to vote this next election for the first time. He has a great reason to vote because of Donald Trump. So that I promised him I'd t- say on the radio, so I did. But uh, Mike, the other earlier callers, right on something that. I tried to bring up for a good many years about the spying on Donald Trump. And Carter Page was the liaison that was used to spy on the Trump campaign because he was working 
in the Trump campaign, and he was used to spy. And right now, Carter Page filed lawsuit, big lawsuit against the DNC, the Democrat National Committee, and there'll be more lawsuits to follow because he was being used because he did some spy work for the United States. He's a graduate of the Naval Academy and he did do some not heavy spy work, light I guess you'd call it light spy light, light. Spy, light. <laughs> spy light it's called. Right. Well he yeah, so did, some of that justice I is gonna get meted out. Simpler terms. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't that you know, a deep undercover guy, in other words. But the government, the FBI, the, they used this as an excuse because they used total bias against Donald Trump. They used Carter Page as an excuse to spy on the Trump campaign. Now, this is bigger much bigger than Watergate, much bigger. It's a worse crime than Watergate because you have your Justice Departments being used and no one is hardly talking about it. You know, only you have a couple callers on here call in about it, but basically the whole mainstream media don't even bring it up only like Fox, a couple people on Fox bring it up, and uh, on uh, talk radio, it's brought up on conservative talk radio, but the mainstream media, they don't touch it because they're in the swamp. Yeah, we're in, we're in cahoots. Swamp. We want to make sure that this... Mark, I drove by your radio station yesterday going up to Geisinger to do visitation. God bless you. You have a sign out there in front of your station, Drain the Swamp. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not I ours. I saw that. I was proud of you, Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's on the property, the adjacent property. That's not but, ours. Okay. Well, I figured you had something to do with it. <laughs> Did you notice that it's a permanent sign too? He has it bolted to a pole so that he's had signs out there before, and uh, somebody took them. So this is yeah, has I two big lag bolts on Mark it. Mark pretends to. Sometimes you don't stick up for Trump, but deep down. You know Trump's right. Well, draining the swamp, that sounds positive, actually. (laughs) Yep, that's a great thing, and this is the swamp. Well, you're an environmentalist. You surely can't be in favor of draining swamps. <laughs> yeah, we save the wetlands. Yeah, preserve the wetlands. Actually, it would be nice if Washington, D.C. would go back to the wetlands it once was. That would be the way to go. That's why they call where the State Department is Foggy Bottoms. Thank you so much, Mr. Dan. Yep. Thanks for calling yep, in. Appreciate yep. that. Yep. You guys have a great, great program today. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Uh, Dan. Yeah, there is a sign out along County Line Road that uh, indicates uh, there is a uh, Trump supporter involved in the property ownership. And his previous sign was taken, so the new one has two lag bolts. It's on a wooden backing, and it's bolted to a pole. So he ain't going nowhere.
<laughs> You'd have to. Have I, I must have missed this. Where is it? <laughs> oh, you go the wrong way. You oh, go okay. left at the driveway. This is a turn right. It's just a little one. It's not a big, oh, okay. big sign, but it's memorable. All right, we're going to take a quickie break. Uh, we got three open lines. Up. Oh, well, don't call us right at this split second. Wait a little bit uh, while we reset the computer. But one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Sunbury Motors Ford is coming off with their best-selling year in its 105-year history. SMC is committed to Ford Motor Company to sell a 1,000 new Fords in 2020. Wow! Pick from 25 of the totally redesigned 2020 Ford Escapes. And they start as low as $21,960. (laughs) Take up to $7,500 off MSRP of the all-new 2020 Ford Explorer. And they're priced from just $33,965. Sunbury Motors is Central PA's truck capital. Choose from over 120 Ford F-150s and Super Duties. Mmm, Super Duty. The F-Series truck has been the number one selling vehicle for 43 consecutive years, and SMC has them on sale for as low as $26,794. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, proudly serving the Susquehanna Valley's transportation needs for over a century. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. We do have three open lines. One is Occupado, but uh, we got three open lines. 1-800-795. Two emails and one caller. <laughs> uh, any of those emails need to go first? No, not okay. necessarily. Al's been waiting. Al, please go right ahead. You're on the mark. You're a busy businessman in our region. Well, I'm uh, waiting for some helpers. Anyways, uh, the swamp is... Old, deep, dark, and has lots of public servants that are helping uh, this coup against President Trump for the last three years. And it, it, I don't know if it's ever going to be uh, brought out into the light or not, but that's, you know, what you bring the swamp out into the light, it dries up and goes away when you get all the trees and the water drained out, then you have something. But it's going to be a long, hard road, and it's a lot of lot of swamp. Okay, swamps tend to be big, right? Well, yeah, yeah they, uh, it's probably even bigger than President Trump can take care of. You know, even in his wildest imagination, he probably never imagined uh, how. We have all the leftover Obama people that you know. Probably he should. He's the guy that he can fire anybody. He should have probably fired the whole bunch right from the beginning. And got a lot of just people that weren't involved in the government and let them come in and uh, say it's a temporary job because we're going to shrink this place. And and like you said earlier in this show, the government's just got its hands in everything, and everything the government gets its hands in ends up expensive and corrupt. Yeah, somebody said asked the question one time, what has the government, on this show, what has the government does that it does well? You know, name one thing. Well, they, lot, they can't even collect the taxes properly. <laughs> well, I, th- I think they probably collect them pretty good. It wastes money quite well. Right. Oh, yeah, that's about the only thing it can do. I mean, uh, it, it's just uh, anytime you get involved, I'm involved right now in trying to get my city government to take care of uh, a health problem. And, I mean, they're afraid to go beat on the door with a warrant. I mean, it, it, everybody's so well protected that, you know, you just can't get anywhere. And 
if you want to do anything, you just can't let it go, and that's what President Trump is doing. He's not letting it go. Fair enough. All right, we got you. Thank you Thanks, so much, Al. Al. Appreciate really your call. appreciate the call. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Terry, we have talked about uh, white supremacy. What did we talk? Oh, the, the uh, news story about the increase, supposed uh, increase. Uh, yeah, an actual increase in white supremacist propaganda distributed around the nation for the past two years. Of course, all of which is attributed to President Donald John Trump. But I bet you disagree with that. Go right ahead. I don't really disagree. What I'm wondering is, uh, we've got this study about the white supremacy thing. Is there anybody doing a study about the reverse of that? Uh, I have a question about that. And my second thing is not really a question, it's a comment. I'm surprised you guys don't know about the, uh, about the Liberty incident during the uh, Arab-Israeli war. How long ago? What are we talking? And Demos wasn't clear about how long ago this was. He made it sound well, like it was yesterday. Back in the 60s, whenever. Oh, the uh, 60s. Okay. Whenever, whenever that was, you know, it was a while ago. But you know, it's a pretty big thing in history, I would think. Particularly if you were ever in the navy or the military. And what happened? Oh, here we go. Well, the, the USS uh, Liberty incident was an attack. Me, the the Israelis attacked the USS Liberty, which was uh, a technical research. Ship. I'm not. I'm not sure what the body of water it was in. Uh, regardless of where it was, uh, they attacked it, uh, killed a bunch of sailors, and wounded a bunch, and did a lot of damage to the ship. Mm-hmm. And why did they do this? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. They they claim it was a mistake. They, gotcha. Okay. They said something about it, uh, uh, reminding them, or they thought it was. <clears throat> excuse me, an Egyptian ship or whatever. And, of course, they were at war with the Egyptians. So, but, but why they were to attack wow. it, I have Jeez. no clue. 34 U.S. sailors killed Yeah, by, uh, by mistake. Yeah, right. Holy smokes. So uh, yeah, what should 30, we do? 34 killed and a bunch wounded. I asked the same thing. I asked Demos. I'll ask you, what should we do? Uh, Just well, remember. Well, we can't bomb Israel. That was a long time ago. Uh you know, and they're an ally, and I, I'm pretty sure they were then, but I don't know what we should do. I mean, May I suggest <laughs> that's watch, a good question. I don't know, man. Watch the Bedford Incident, a great movie with Richard Widmark, one of my favorite old Hollywood stars. And it's a pretty good, uh, and Sidney Poitier, it's a pretty good movie about what can happen when you get wrapped up in the moment and you don't take the time to consider Trigger the happy. actions. Yes, the actions that you're about to take. Uh, to take. So... I yeah, just watched it again the other night. just shot out an airliner. I, yeah. I agree with you. You know, the, the the Bedford incident is like one of my probably top five favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I really mine like too. <laughs> Scary. And the guy, the guy, the guy at the end. Uh, the captain said something, and uh, uh, the officer running the uh, fire control stuff thought he said something else, and he hit the button and. Yeah, told them took off and did, yeah, told them to arm the, uh, the submarine blew up. Told them to arm the the uh, firing mechanisms, but then right. the captain said, "If they shoot at me, I'm going to fire one." And the actor nice. said, "Fire go. one," and he pressed the button and oh, fired. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and that guy that uh, that guy that was sitting there doing that was the kid that played uh, Dano. the cub reporter on uh, the old Superman shows. 
Oh, which okay. show? On which show? Just a matter of information. That's all. <laughs> Good Just stuff. that on to you. All right. Thank you yeah, so much, Terry. Lot. Thank you very much for calling in. Very glad to hear from you. All right. One hundred. Right, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. What do you do about the USS Liberty? Uh, Thirty-four sailors killed. Lots of controversy. Well, still I'm sure ongoing. it must have been dealt with at the time. I I don't recall. Terrible to say. I don't recall it. Uh, being a history buff, I'm embarrassed. I don't recall it. All right. Uh, I don't either. But uh, Wikipedia basically says exactly what Terry said and what Demo talked about the fact that uh, both sides agreed that it was just a trigger-happy Israeli uh, military leader who said that was an Egyptian ship and they should attack it, and of course it was a U.S. ship. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Any of these uh, emails? Yeah, look, there's some good ones here. Uh, one of our emailers well, says... I know they're all good. I mean, which one that relates to anything we are really talking they about They all right do, now? Okay, in go, one go, way go. or another. There are things we have talked about. No worries about the coronavirus. Dear Leader said yesterday that once it gets warmer, like in April, it will disappear. More solid thinking from the most uninformed president ever. Well, they said the virus is like a flu, which we always have which less flu. Which will disappear in the summer, it right? It won't disappear, <laughs> but there will be less of it in the summer. I, I'm just speculating. I am not echoing or endorsing what the president said. I didn't realize that he said and that. And then but. this one is signed. Doug out in Lewistown. Doug, great to have you listening. You started out on your program today complaining about Fox News again. Why do liberals always whine and moan about Fox News. This is one cable news network. The left has MSNBC, CNN, all the network channels, NPR, and all the late night shows, plus shows such as The View during the day. All of these are extremely left, yet liberals cry that Fox News is so terrible and should be banned. What are the libs so scared of? Mm, Doug, you've got a great point there. Who wants to ban Fox News? A lot of people oh, do. Oh, they do not. Hey, you're we have callers in this up. program who say that if you watch Fox News, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. Well, if you watch MSNBC, you're so what? Different brand of I don't different think flavor you should of Kool-Aid. Fox News. They should expand it to, to uh, 24/7. The problem is for the people on the left that usually Fox News has as many listeners or viewers as all the other things put together. Well, right, and I guess that's they're the only conservative networks, so therefore um, the individuals who are more liberal-oriented are spread out among other channels, so maybe that's one factor, although CNN's ratings are disproportionately low. They don't have just their share of the audience. Well, the nighttime, the nighttime alleged comedy programs irk me. There's never any sense of balance at all. <laughs> I know. They should bring on... Uh, uh, there are a few Hollywood types that are very much in favor of President Trump. They should bring them on to do no, jokes on They wouldn't on know how to handle it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny how the... Uh, uh, late night comedians are, but and you know it's funny they'll do a, a, a anti-Trump screed series of jokes, and then they bring on a Hollywood guest, you know, just like normal. Okay, so how's your latest movie? How are your kids? You know, what's yeah, in, what's well, in, you know, Colbert's the, the worst of the group, I think. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he's he's not funny to me, and Jimmy mm. Fallon isn't funny to me. Yeah, they used to be sort of much. Now there the is one on the left that is very funny, and that's the guy who does Last Week Tonight. Oh, okay. And his name is? Uh, it eludes me at the moment. Okay. But I'll think. <laughs> <laughs> well, get off his lawn, will you, please? If he's standing on my lawn right now, he will have to leave. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. we got another email. Then we'll have to take a quick email. Right. I would like to see the government cut giving financial aid to foreign countries because you really can't prove where the money's going. Ukraine is an example. I do believe if we would allow people to keep more of their own money, they'd better know what to do with it. Look at what's happening to Social Security. If we want to point to Social Security as 
an example, it's bankrupt. If you call that a social program, it's bankrupt. Parents, teachers should be teaching how to balance a checkbook. What comes in must go out, and we have more simple common sense teaching than what we have in our schools. The curriculum was called the business course. I think everyone should have it. Yeah, we should bring in President Clinton as a financial uh, advisor for President Trump. He balanced the budget, I think, what, two years it was balanced, and, and we actually started to pay on the deficit. John Oliver. Oh, well, either way. He's funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's you. the liberal I was trying to think of. I who's got funny. you. I got you. He makes my blood boil. So he's still on. Huh? Well, he's been off for quite a while. He's coming back. So he's starting to do the late night circuit now with all of the other left-leaning mm-hmm. comedy hosts so he can promote the fact that his show starts up again this month. Okay. 1-800-795-9565. we got one line lit. Uh, we got three open ones. Call us now. 1-800-795-9565. Sunbury Motors Ford is coming off with their best-selling year in its 105-year history. SMC is committed to Ford Motor Company to sell a 1,000 new Fords in 2020. Wow! Pick from 25 of the totally redesigned 2020 Ford Escapes. And they start as low as $21,960. (laughs) Take up to $7,500 off MSRP of the all-new 2020 Ford Explorer. And they're priced from just $33,965. Sunbury Motors is Central PA's truck capital. Choose from over 120 Ford F-150s and Super Duties. Mmm, Super Duty. The F-Series truck has been the number one selling vehicle for 43 consecutive years, and SMC has them on sale for as low as $26,794. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, proudly serving the Susquehanna Valley's transportation needs for over a century. WKOK News Time. It is now 7.40. You are listening to On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Joe McGranahan is with me. Rob Sander is our fabulous producer, and I'm glad to say a man... No, I'm not with you. I'm in the same room as you, but I'm seldom with you. All right. His Be Kind button just <laughs> fell off officially. Uh, Lance is on the line, a person I'm glad to call friend, with whom I attended a Better Angels function a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was one of the things i like to ask her, uh, where are they active? I, with no computer, I... Mm, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't heard absolutely anything about them at all. Well, your assignment then. today is to go buy a computer, Lance, and get with the rest of the world. They are active, but I, I don't think they're active locally, but I think the national organization is there. The newsroom yeah. gets little emails telling us to love each other and stuff, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're a very worthwhile organization, that's for sure. But anyway, though, I think you're misguided about uh, Trump being anti-Semitic. Is that what you got out of that? Because no one, no one's, no, no, no one said that. There isn't a single person on this program who said that. None of the well, callers. I, no, but you said about that there were uh, uh, so many uh, instances of anti-Semitic. Uh, no, stuff. we. we oh, didn't. I see. Oh, oh, oh the, you're extrapolating the pamphlet saying that President Trump would also be uh, enabling the oh, anti-Semitic the one that said it was activities. All, yeah, you're the one that said right. it all tied into President Trump. Yeah, I don't Trump. think President Trump is anti-Semitic. I, I, at least I don't know any evidence of it. Maybe he is, but of course, half his family well, is Jewish, so um, that would sort of fly in the face of that. It probably would make folks who already are, though, quite angry after moving our you know, embassy to uh, Jerusalem and being uh, his uh, top political advisor is a Jewish fellow who's his son-in-law. <laughs> so anyway, um, when you start uh, talking about socialism, I think the greatest uh, 
definition I ever heard or ever read was a uh, economist, a French economist by the name of Bizet, and he said, ah, socialism, that great fictitious entity by which everyone seeks to live at the expense of everybody else. And that's really the truth. That's really what happens. Is that not how capitalism works? Where you, where you work and you pay for everything you need, nobody gives you anything, you have to pay for everything. Yeah, and that's just the opposite. Everybody here is trying to live at the expense of everybody else instead of working. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. And uh, That's a good one. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, when you talked about the folks that were you know, stop and frisk, uh, if you were finding one in ten people who had contraband or a firearm, that they shouldn't have. I thought that was a big success, wouldn't you? Well, I, I think, it, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, that would, in, in New York City, I guess if you stop one in ten and you find something, or I mean, well, you stop all ten and then in one you find something, I'm sure that would, re, would be thousands of people if you're stopping, you know, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people. But the, the idea of stop and frisk is just plain unfair on the memorial, uh, minority communities, the blacks and Hispanics, to just say just because somebody is black and is in a high crime neighborhood that they need to be stopped. I mean, it, it's really that's just... Not the, that's not just, just uh, the justification. The justification is... There's no justification. ...that in those neighborhoods a certain percentage of the crime was committed by those people or people who look like that, and so they stop people who look like that. If they were white people who were committing the crimes in those neighborhoods, they would stop white people. Right. Oh, and I'm sure they stop some white people also in primarily minority neighborhoods. But it's just inherently unfair. It's an invasion of privacy. Privacy, And I don't live in those communities, so I don't know how people who are black or Hispanic feel about it, so I can't tell well, you as this. as the people but said about President Trump, if you have nothing to hide, why do you oh, care? Oh, yeah. Why not Why not just leave your house open for police searches all the time if you don't have any pot sure, in there? Why not turn over sure. your tax records? Why not do all that stuff? Right. You know, yeah, everybody's got to be honest and deal with it fairly. the Constitution, really. Who needs rights? If you're going to be law-abiding, who needs rights. Your rights are there to protect people. So now you so. agree the president has the right to defend himself. Good. I'm well, glad I to hope hear he it. does defend himself. <laughs> he certainly does have that right. But I just think, you know, it... I, I don't want to say it promotes fear, but you know, I, I think police and minorities have a difficult enough time getting along. I think this idea that you can stop and frisk anybody anytime certainly is not going to help that. And I'm going to give you tell you one anecdote that is not going to amount to a hill of beans for anybody. Up in Williamsport, they do community policing, where they put an officer in a neighborhood uh, on bike or on foot and a, and a small community police station, and they have uh, uh, officers there that aren't, um, they don't wear precisely the same clothes as the other ones. They generally wear like a knit shirt kind of thing. Now they would still wear a vest and they still carry and all that sort of thing. It works fabulously. It makes crime go down, and it doesn't promote fear. It promotes good relations, and it's called community policing. So that works much, much better than uh, any stop-and-frisk situation, I mean, in terms of getting results. So that I, I just think it's unconstitutional. 
But you have to get control of the situation before you can do the community policing. Well, I think you can do that through saturation patrols. They also used to do that in Williamsport. They do that in Sunbury from time to time, where you bring in officers and you make sure that there's an officer or two on every corner for a time, and that uh, the criminal element starts to learn that they're just ha- there's no place to hide. But was stop and frisk successful? And the answer is yes, it yes, was. Yes, if your goal is to break or violate people's no, privacy. No, stop crime and get guns off the street. Okay, so you stop crime and you got guns off the street. You created fear. You hurt your relations with the minority community. You, d- you aren't using best practices. You can do better practices. And I think it violates the Constitution. But here's All what, of those things you are completely successful in. Here's what gets me. I mean, people on the left want to talk about getting rid of guns. You know, they say guns are bad. Let's take away guns from uh, responsible citizens because they shouldn't have these well, high-powered some weapons. Say that. I don't. But say yet, that. on the street, you know, they have a problem with the police stopping people to check and see if they ha- are carrying illegal firearms. Well, how many guns do they get in the stop and frisk in New York, Lance? What's the percentage of individuals? You said it was ten percent where they find yeah. some violation. Uh, what's the number of individuals who are carrying a gun in New York? It was about. Uh, they said about forty percent of that. Forty percent of that ten percent group, so half a percent of the individuals. No, 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 no. Well, what I'm trying to say is, uh, if like uh, one out of, in other words, you stopped a hundred people, ten of them had contraband, uh, four between four and five, depending on when when they did it, were carrying guns, and the rest of it was uh, drugs or uh, other offensive weapon, you know, like knives and things. All right, so you had a four percent turnout of guns. That well, seems yeah, in other words, four out of a hundred. Well, that it's seems high. remarkably high. Uh, that's I would check that. Well, uh, I'm sure it's one percent or something or less because the people with illegal guns don't walk around in neighborhoods in New York or anywhere else where they have stop, stop and frisk. I mean, it is a deterrent. It's like DUI checkpoints. You know, they, they prevent drunken driving because the uh, people know that they're out there. Well, where I heard that was on the XM Urban Channel. And it was a black lady that was complaining about the stop and frisk, and they said only one out of ten was carrying contraband, you know. And so if you stopped a hundred, you know, and the forty percent of what you stopped had guns, that's four out of a hundred. And I think that's quite a huge amount of. You know, well, yeah, that would still be hundreds and hundreds of guns by the end of the year. Now, but at what cost, I would say? I, I don't believe her statistics in the first place. And secondly, um, I just think in New York City, th- there's just better ways to, there, there's better ways to police, so why well, do it? They confiscated, near, this is from the New York Daily News from 1914, which is apparently one year where they were doing stop and frisk. 1914? Uh, 2014, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Said cops seized nearly 400 guns during stop and frisk. What did I tell you? Four hundred, and that that was the first time it fell below six hundred. So in earlier years, there were six hundred or more guns confiscated during the year. And so, and how many uh, contacts will call them when they stop somebody in Friscombe? And then since 2013, uh, they've got fifteen thousand guns, according to another story. So okay, so that would be about one one percent of the individuals. So ninety nine percent of people lose their rights, so that you can get that one percent. They hardly were targeting. Seems right they were me. targeting gangs. They were. Okay. They weren't just you know a guy going down the street in a tuxedo or a, a suit isn't necessarily being stopped. Okay. But you're wearing a red or a black blue a bandana and you got tats all over you. You might get stopped. Lance, you go up to Evangelical Community Hospital. You're enjoying heart palpitations, and the the interventional cardiologist says, Lance, I have something. 
something, I'm going to do something to you uh, that is ineffective 1% of the time, like 99% of the time, uh, it works pretty darn good. But I also have a procedure that works every time. Uh, which which would you rather have? Do What's you, your you, point? Well, the point is, <laughs> so you do stop and frisk, and it really kills your relationship with minorities, and it fosters fear, and it's unconstitutional, in my view. It has been tested and has been allowed but to But what be about continue. minorities who want to be safe so in anyway, their homes? So you know it's not a best practice, but yet you keep doing it when you have alternatives that you know are best practices. What, would you like a doctor to do that on you, saying, okay, Joe, I, I, let's suppose you had a heart issue. We're, we're going to put you on a medicine you're, you're that, honestly, many times it works. Now, I do doing, have a medicine that works all the time. You are doing the same thing you worried about other people doing. You're assuming that there are no no people of minority or people of color who appreciate the fact that the police were taking guns off the streets and making their neighborhoods safer. Yes, some people, like the ACLU, found it terrible. It was awful. I am But sure. a lot of people found felt safer. And if those 400 guns, if it saved one life, is it worth it? Now, you're totally making one that worth, up out it? of whole cloth. No, I I'm never not. said anything at all like that. No, I, I have made no comment about who appreciates or doesn't appreciate uh, stop and frisk. I simply You're say, saying it ruins the relationship. Well, it, it doesn't, doesn't ruin it, every relationship. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't say absolutely everybody it, in New York City hates the cops because of stop and that frisk. That was your implication. Oh, was, okay. I think you have a certain filter in your ear no, that was you've implanted got there by and you're Fox not hearing News what you're that saying. makes you hear things a certain way. Lance, we'll give you the last word. Well, just remember, though, what the <laughs> folks who were trying to stop crime are looking at, and that is, if you take a look at the black uh, murder rate, is about 16 per 100,000, okay? Hispanic is about 6, and white is about 2.5. Now, we project that into black youths. 17 to 25 and white use 17 to 25 and we find that it's about 10 times more the white uh, in other words the white uh, murder rate for kids that age is 10 times the 25 it's about 25 All right. but the black kids is 220 if you can, can even conceive about that the best thing you can do for a black boy in Detroit is put him in the Marines and send him to Afghanistan. All right. Well, I highly recommend it then. All right. Thank you so much, Lance. Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. You do so much. highly recommend forced conscription. Just so that we understand exactly what you're saying the here. The draft. Everybody in the U.S. should be forced to do two years of military service. Every, absolutely everybody. I've said that before. I'll say it again. Okay. 1-800-795-9565. Call me and set me straight. 1-800-795-9565 our telephone number. Uh, we're talking about stop and frisk. we got an email that relates to New Hampshire, an email that relates to no subject, and an email that relates to the flu. We'll be right back. Sunbury Motors Ford is coming off with their best-selling year in its 105-year history. SMC is committed to Ford Motor Company to sell a thousand new Fords in 2020. Wow! Pick from 25 of the totally redesigned 2020 Ford Escapes. And they start as low as $21,960. (laughs) Take up to $7,500 off MSRP of the all-new 2020 Ford Explorer. And they're priced from just $33,965. Sunbury Motors is Central PA's truck capital. Choose from over 120 Ford F-150s and Super Duties. 
Mmm, Super Duty. The F-Series truck has been the number one selling vehicle for 43 consecutive years, and SMC has them on sale for as low as $26,794. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, proudly serving the Susquehanna Valley's transportation needs for over a century. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Ernie, Boston, Mike, Jeff, Mickey, Jason, and those are just a few. Kyle and many others are down there willing to help you out at the Down Sunbury. where? The Sunbury Motor Company. That's the lead. Put you had first. to know this was... <laughs> I buried the lead. You buried the lead. All right. Uh, yeah, they want to take good care of you. Personalized service, first name basis, Hyundai, Kia, Ford, and Lincoln. Uh, they'll set you up with a vehicle. And Ernie and Austin will make sure that a Kia is the vehicle of your dreams, and it'll work just fabulously for you. Mike DeFeo is still trying to put me in that Ford Ranger. I ordered it, and they got it all tricked out. It's a Raptor Ranger. It's got a 36-inch tires on it, and it's about 20 feet off the ground. It's ready to go, but yet I don't pick it up. Uh, Why is that? Well, my wife hasn't said whatever yet, so until she says that, I can't go down there. Uh, Jeff Clock is over there selling the Ford trucks, and Mickey Anselmo, uh, she is uh, literally an expert when it comes to the Ford F-150. Jason Benfer's over at the Lincoln dealership. He's holding on to uh, Joe's uh, navigator to make sure that uh, it's 100% ready when he's ready to pull the trigger and go down there and take good care of it. And they will save you a big, fat ton of money at the Sunbury Motor Company. You're not going to complain. <laughs> They're not saving you, you okay? a big, fat ton of money. They're saving you a large amount of money. Okay. They will make your a saving substantial account. saving. They will make your saving account bulge because you won't use all your money to buy a vehicle. But that's down at the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out in advance, sunburymotors.com. They have one of the most uh, active contact us pages in Facebook history, uh, so they would just love to chit-chat with you any way that you want to contact them at the Sunbury Motor Company. Joe, you got a couple minutes. Yes, Mike said I don't want to be too confident from last night. If the New Ham- in the New Hampshire primary last night, it looks like Trump beat the vote percentages of the last three incumbent presidents who won re-election. 1996, Bill Clinton got 84% of the vote in uh, New Hampshire. In 2004, George Bush, W. Bush, got 80%. And in 2012, Barack Obama got 82%. Trump was around 86%. This is historic strength. And he's right. Uh, Dick says... If it is spring north of the equator, it is fall and then winter south of that line, and perhaps this flu epidemic will be more prevalent in other countries. It seems to be worldwide. And another emailer says, Good morning, guys. Happy Be Kind Week. Just wanted to do a little follow-up on the Fox News station. I watch Fox News a lot, but there are news commentary people on there I do not like. I don't like Brett. Oh, I'm appalled. Who's I don't Brett? like Brett Baer, and he's great. I don't like Martha. I don't like Chris. Chris Wallace, I think, is better than his dad was, to be honest with you. Not real thrilled about that one that took Bill O'Reilly's place. That would be Tucker Carlson. And guess what? I don't watch their program, so Fox News isn't thrilling for all Trumpers, just to let you know. Oh, I thought it had universal appeal. Well, it's hard to imagine people who like Donald Trump not liking Fox News because it's the only place that gives you fair and balanced coverage of the man. All right, tomorrow we'll wrap up our stop and frisk. We'll talk more about the primaries and we'll bring up other topics. We'll argue about the Mueller report. Haven't <laughs> we had enough of that? An impeachment. No, I'm just kidding. We'll have a brand new topic. We'll talk about state police funding tomorrow. Yes. All right. The governor has a new idea. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WDK. Okay, Sunbury.